Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Hey, tonight is the two M's, and it's our 57th show, and they stand for Memorial Day and Muller. So it's so exciting where to start. Robert Muller spoke Wednesday, the 30th, and, or was that the 29th? Forgive me. Anyway, he made it clear that he wasn't going to speak anymore. He kind of dissed this attorney general bar by characterizing what he said. You need to watch it. It's eight or nine minutes. And he starts out with Russia and he ends with Russia. And what a threat it was to our democratic process to have them meddle in our election. And even though they don't say it, there's, you know, a strong indication that the influence, the effect was real. And it may have swayed the election further delegitimizing Donald Trump if he needed any of that. There's been some stuff, and I'm glad I have this show. It's almost like therapy. Speaking of therapy, I'm working on being better organized and I watched this really cool video on YouTube. Uh, it's a guy who was a stealth, a B-2 bomber and was in on the first raids on Baghdad, taking out Saddam's command and control and, you know, flying 18 hours there, bombing them, coming back, 36-hour flight. And then after you plan that for weeks and you execute the thing, what he's trying to show you is how to be more organized than he has in there the debriefing. And if you look at a pie chart, that's like 3% of the total time between the execution and the plan. Plan's a long time. You know, 39, the execution is 36%, whatever it comes to. Anyway, uh, the debriefing's only about 3% of the time, but it's the most important. And I agree with that because that's where you learn, you know, and if you make mistakes, you just, you don't have to blame, you don't have to do anything because the debriefing consists of what happened, not who screwed up, what went right, what went wrong, why do you think that about those things, and what did we learn? So that comes from the debriefing, and that's essential to moving forward. Uh, today, I also wanted to talk about Memorial Day. Took my boys to the Lancaster Cemetery, where we always have a stirring commemoration of our fallen, our military men and women that gave everything for this country. And I was thinking of watching a movie later, and I had pulled a few off the shelf, and I pulled the 300 for some reason. I'd like to 
watched that again critically. You know, I saw it once briefly, quickly, in crowded situation where there's just not, you know, not a lot of time. So, but that's a war movie, and they had ethics and they had uh, decorum, and it's uh, an ethos that is a very honorable one because we all live and we all die, and somewhere in between we have to make a difference, and. Well, to say that even those from World War II, I mean, they're called the greatest generation. And those men and women saved America, saved the world, really, and put us in this golden age that I was fortunate enough to be born into and have lived my whole life in a country that's remarkable. What we take as normal just really isn't. It's exceptional, and that's America, and that's why we uphold it. I was watching some other thing about why we're wrong sometimes, and just these are tidbits I throw in for fun because we have personal biases, and we have outdated facts, stuff we learned in school that just really isn't true anymore. And then we have the news biases, which explained some of the Russian influence. And one of the things that I heard on the news to describe what happened, because Robert Mueller, you have to watch him. You have to watch that thing. And how he says that if they were able to prove that there was no obstruction and exonerate Trump, these are my words, they would have done it. In other words, he's saying they couldn't do that, but they can't charges sitting president. So it's really a roadmap for Congress to follow, to preserve the record. And it's uh, the best he could do because we were up against some really, really rough situations. Just, you know, when you're in the middle of a confusion that shouldn't really be, I mean, Nixon tried to purge the prosecutors and people at the Justice Department and get things, the CIA to do things. And so this stuff does happen. But the success with which it's happened, this bar coming on, and it, see, that's what Mueller, I think, was most, well, you know, he's so hard to read because he's just got this bearing that says just the facts. And there was definitely tension between him and Barr, and the thing comes down to how Barr misrepresented the entire report. And so this was the thing that the one guy said. He said that Mueller, because of his scruples and etiquette, came to a, a knife fight and they had a gun, or the other guy said he came with a folder of paper and the other guys, Trump and Barr, come with Twitter. So Barr uses the new ways and influences people. One poor woman, and she's a older gal, and they were interviewing her and she's on TV. And she, you know, they cycle this piece around and she was under the impression that she you know, look no further, that Barr had exonerated Trump because that's what he said. There was no nothing. 
And she thought, oh my goodness, because when she actually heard Mueller say it, you know, she respects Mueller and the truth. And when she actually heard Mueller say what is in the report, some of it, and she, her head was turned around. She started to listen. And the stuff in there, the interactions between Mike Flynn and the Russians, they have tapes where he's talking about the sanctions being lifted in lieu of things and, you know, dozens upon dozens of interactions with this foreign adversary by this campaign, whereas most campaigns, any other campaign, there would be absolutely none. And it's looking more and more like the financial entanglements are going to be the key to this because, well, Donald Trump just, he doesn't think right. That's one thing. But the other thing is the audacity of some of the stuff. Now, I guess he was in Japan and being hosted and we have a base there and ships and the USS John McCain is in the harbor, and what he did was to, and he claims his people did it, which is even more frightening because if he didn't initiate it, but he agrees with it, my words again, he said in an interview, they put a tarp up over the name of the ship and they forbade the sailors from that ship with their hats that say the John McCain from coming to the ceremony that he was having uh, in Japan there. So it's such a sad, sad thing. And he just claims that people were doing it to do what he would like, but he knew nothing about it. And my goodness, if it comes to that, we're back with the dear leader. Because while Russia might have financial entanglements over Trump, What's up with this Kim Jong-un? Trump is, while he's in Japan, disagreeing with their leader about whether or not the missiles North Korea just shot off are a threat. And he ain't worried about it. The whole world, the rest of the world's worried about it. Now Trump's not worried about it, so no one else can be. So it turns out that the envoy or whatever he be, whatever he's called, the guy Kim Jong-un sent with his big envelope and the love letter to Trump, his ambassador. This guy's now out of his job. Kim Jong-un's purging. And he's in some work reassignment camp to learn how to properly think about the great leader and his greatness and not to fail him. So these are weird things. These are just... And that's who he likes, and he overrides his own people, and they're looking now, the Koreans are, to manipulate so that Bolton and uh, Pompeo, these guys at least have a shred of decency and love their country, try to get them out of there. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's just so sad. And in light of Memorial Day and heroes like John McCain, to see all this stuff, it's it's very, very sad. So, But Mueller coming out and speaking, I think that that's going to have an effect. That's going to help people understand what really happened. Russia influenced our election. Trump is in bed with them. And 
there's much more to come that would be very helpful to know as these Democrats decide whether or not they're going to impeach or not. And I've said probably it's best not to just because of the effort. But he does need to be held accountable or answer for these things. And especially this bar guy, what the heck? Come out and just deceive the American public saying that the report exonerates Trump and leading people to believe no collusion, no whatever it is. What a dream world we live in. Yeah, it's a dream in the good. And now it's a dream in the bad that, on the bad side, that you would just never think could happen. Welcome back to Upholding Matters. Hey, today was part two of our show, and I got to see Katie Hill for the second time this week. Now all my listeners know that I'm a big Katie Hill fan, and the whole freshman class and the way the house came in and the will of the people ruled, new people are put in to hold Donald Trump accountable. It's interesting. And in Memorial Day, when she spoke, it was about service and, you know, pretty standard speech. Today, she took questions. It was at the Black Chamber of Commerce. And I have been to their meetings before. I met a young man who I became friends with who was, you know, a younger person that didn't join the chamber, but then did. And that was during my last campaign, Willie Beeman. He was a great guy, a lot of energy, a lot of vision, a lot of awareness about what's going on in his world. And I appreciated that. So now they moved it closer to this uh, luncheon place, Lemon Leaf, or excuse me, it's the uh, Greenhouse Cafe. And they have a room and they have parties in there. And I've been to other meetings there, but the Black Chamber used to be in Palmdale. And I didn't recognize anybody. And I know things change. But it just, I guess part of it has to do with the fact that there's another mass shooting today. And it kind of knocked all the other stuff out of the news. And it's a general bummer because... It doesn't seem like there's anything we can do about people going crazy. A lot of guns in our country. And to think that we could be disarmed to stop mass shootings, it's uh, something to contemplate. Because, well, I know they don't have any guns in North Korea. We've talked about them recently. So you hate to see it. This is a municipal employee, an engineer, and he had a beef. And he went in there, and there's a dozen people at least dead. And the cops finally had to track him down and shoot him. And uh, that's appalling on many 
levels, but just for police that have to go do that, instead of serving and protecting, they got to go out and hunt and kill. But that's the status of our world, it seems. So yeah, here I am trying to be upbeat and you know, at this meeting, there's another guy, a local guy. His name is Hill, Steve Hill. And he was upset that Katie was running a little late. And he got into some things and had words and was reminded by my friend Arthur Calloway, who was officiating the meeting, that we had to treat each other with respect and not act impatient. And he walked out. It wasn't a storming. It was just a got up and left because I don't think he liked being rebuked. And all he did was ask where she was. So it's just that the way you go about that, you know, you can ask that question and the tune and the tone, that's what pushed it over the edge, I'm sure. So it did take us out of the other news and there was a little bit this morning that happened, and yeah, we just, we push on. What's the answer? And Katie Hill is trying to get Title I programs back in schools and reverse cuts, and these are certainly important things. And people, well, participation in government, that's just what I have been feeling today. It's so long and drawn out and the effort you have to launch to build a coalition and pass a law and have it mean anything and not have it repealed by the next administration that comes in. And out of spite because they don't like you. They want to tear down your achievements. It just seems like that. And that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that we've sunk into this level in America to the point where we can't even pretend anymore that certain things work right. Civility is breaking down. And I see it all the time. And I see, like, for instance, Katie, you know, big fan. And they have ignited a passion in their constituents around the country and the Women's March right after the election. All these things are great achievements and civic outpourings and something that's going to uphold this great country. But then you get down to talking about policy and forming a committee and looking for volunteers from the community to help serve on a commission. And, you know, I've made this joke before. A commission is a cul-de-sac where ideas go to die. And that's a little bit true. Like Jefferson, he just wrote the Declaration of Independence. He was asked. But then there was some tweaking. Ben Franklin got in there and John Adams. And, you know, it wasn't the work of one man, but it was the vision of our independence. And it's still very stirring. So if you work off of that, the Constitution, and you have courts that interpret the laws. And it goes on and on. 
I got to sit next to my friend Chuck Boswick today. He's the used to be the publisher of the newspaper, the editor, and now he works for our Los Angeles County supervisor, Catherine Barger, and he's her field aide, and he uh, keeps her apprised of what's happening as well keeping the community apprised of what they're trying to do. So there's ideas for taking old facilities that aren't being used. And for instance, there's like 20 bad kids. They're kids, but they're violent juvenile offenders and they're still locked up. And they're the ones that really can't be released. So when they close this place and they've aged out of their foster program requirements and any control government has on them, they have to put them on the street. And, you know, the burglarized houses and whatever other crimes they commit, we just have to take that because there's no sufficient remedy to deal with the problem. And there should have been 10, 15 years ago and these kids really needed help. So there's a lot of talk, but not a lot gets done. And these problems get worse. And it's, it's interesting to see my friends and watch them go about it, doing their best, keeping, you know, their best foot forward and their best face on. Even Katie Hill, she must be exhausted. And then she's got to fly 3,000 miles back to Washington and go at it and deal with people and sit in all these meetings that must get pretty futile to her, I would imagine. I mean, I guess veterans, veteran politicians know that things take time. And that's what we have a lot of. And it's also what we're running out of. Because while there may be eternity, we don't have forever to fix these things. And we are still trying to decide how we're going to protect ourselves from Russian hacking in the next election. I mean, if they don't impeach and remove Trump, and then there's talk about Pence, he can't be sworn in because he's illegitimate as well and has gone along with a lot of this cover-up and conspiracy and all these, whatever you call it, whatever, you know, it's not collusion, there's no such thing, yada, yada. It's all just nonsense. It's just the way you conduct yourself. It's why the one guy got reprimanded and walked out because he didn't want to hear it, the meeting today. And it's why Katie Hill does her best to serve her constituents by being calm and measured and not excitable and just as straightforward as she can. But it wears on you. But I say, hey, we know that. And what we have to do is keep pushing. We have to keep on keeping on. And it'll work out. We're going to solve some of these problems and technology will get us to a better world. And God bless America. I'm out. Mm-hmm.